You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series, A Tour Through John. Now looking at Lesson 37. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. A Tour Through John, Lesson number 37. We have gone through the entire Gospel of John, but of course there are other documents that are attributed to him. Not only the book of Revelation, but three epistles. In our next section in this series, we're going to be looking at two of those epistles, 1st and 2nd John. In the late 1st century, there were wrong concepts of Jesus circulating in the Christian world. Now today, we have lots of false Jesuses. We'll probably make a list of 10 or 20 of them very easily. Perhaps the best known is the one that is begging us to accept him in exchange for nothing, for no commitment at all. Well, in the same way, at the turn of the second century, there was a false and idolatrous Jesus. And this was being proclaimed in the churches where the Apostle John, now an old man, had influence. Actually, I don't know how many churches it was being proclaimed in, although we can prove that it was in some. But it was certainly an idea uh, that was gaining currency in the territory that had been evangelized uh, by the leaders of this ministry area. So we're only going to be looking at a few verses today because I want to set us up uh, for uh, the next few podcasts. I'm going to read the uh, very beginning of 1 John, and then we'll read a section from the middle of 2 John. 1 John 1. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed. We have seen it and testified to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Well, First John is a letter from the Apostle, John, to Christians in Asia Minor, what would be modern Turkey. And these inspired words are addressed to the second or third generation of Christians, depending how you calculate that. That is, at least a whole generation or two of believers has been converted and even died, and it's up to their children to carry the torch. Now, the letters of First and Second John are countering a heresy called Gnosticism, and specifically a version of Gnosticism called Docetism. If you're unfamiliar with these doctrines, uh, there are some links in the podcast notes you can click on uh, uh, for clarification. Uh, but I'll explain a little bit as we go through. And there are certainly many articles on Gnosticism. But just as the first century uh, had a hot topic, and that hot topic was, since Christianity has emerged out of Judaism, do prospective converts not have to become Jews before they become Christians? Does one not have to uh, be circumcised before being baptized? And that, we know that's a hot topic because it's addressed by many letters in the uh, New Testament, like Galatians, and we read about it in the book of Acts. But it doesn't seem to have been an issue, really, in the second century. Second century, the hot topic was 
Well, it was Gnosticism, this concept that the physical world is somehow defective or evil, that the creator of the physical world is a lesser god, even an evil god, and that somehow we need to transcend the uh, illusion of this world by possessing knowledge, esoteric knowledge, elite knowledge. Our problem isn't sin, it's ignorance. If we can be enlightened, that is, we can learn more, then we'll be uh, right with reality. So the problem is not sin to be repented of. It's really knowledge to be gained. And the word Gnosticism comes from the Greek word for knowledge, uh, gnosis. Well, I'd also like to read uh, the section from 2 John, and I'll read just five verses. Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Uh, I'll read a bit more, but that really captures it. Verse 7 of 2 John, some people were saying that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Now, they weren't saying that Jesus uh, didn't exist, but they would have been very uncomfortable with the Gospel of John or 1 John. We read about, I mean, uh, John 1, we read about Jesus becoming flesh, the word becoming flesh, because they would say that would be unworthy of deity. And so their Jesus just looked like he was real, uh, as though he was uh, materially real. And that word docetism comes from a Greek word uh, for appear. So he just appeared to be human. Well, uh, John says, if that's the message, if, if we're not confessing Jesus came in the flesh, that is the incarnation, we are deceiving others and we are the Antichrist. The Antichrist will address a bit later on, uh, but as we'll see, it's not necessarily one person. Uh, let's continue. Be on your guard so that you do not lose what we have worked for, but may receive a full reward. Everyone who does not abide in the teaching of Christ, but goes beyond it, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Do not receive into the house or welcome anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching. For to welcome is to participate in the evil deeds of such a person. Wow, okay. Uh, these are strong words. And it's not over a fine point of Christian theology. When we use the word incarnation, we may be tempted to think, oh, that's just theology. Oh, but according to the Apostle John, who we believe was well-trained by Jesus Christ, this was highly significant. Christians shouldn't say, well, philosophy and theology don't matter. Just read the Bible. It's all in there. The fact is, uh, reading the Bible, understanding the Bible takes training, and words and ideas are powerful. We have an obligation, a moral obligation, not only to teach the truth clearly, but also to protect the church from the ravages of false teachers. And if we'll come to terms with this, this system of, of Gnosticism, some would say it was in the early stages, proto-Gnosticism, um, I could go with that because the second century Gnostic systems are quite complicated. But there are a number of New Testament references that start making more sense when we realize the nature of the false doctrine being discussed. Well, for example, in 1 Timothy 6, 
Paul tells Timothy uh, to avoid the, you know, the, the Gnostic superiority complex. His phrasing is what is falsely called knowledge. In 1 Timothy, we learn that these people are saying that marriage and food and sex are all problematic, you know, things that are good, things that God created. Or in Colossians 2, 18 to 23, we read about uh, these rules that a lot of the Gnostics were very harsh on their bodies, on themselves. They were ascetic. Now, some Gnostics said, since the physical world is kind of an illusion, it doesn't really matter what you do with your body. And that could be used as an excuse, a license for sensuality. But it seems the majority of Gnostics uh, took it a different way. They said that since only the spiritual world counts, we need to mortify the flesh. We need to stay away from physical things like sex and marriage and uh well, eventually, <laughs> these ideas were spreading in the church that uh, it's better to sleep on the ground than in a bed. Um, it's better not to bathe than to have a bath. It's, it's better never to marry uh, than, uh, than, than to marry, which is somehow um, an inferior choice. So Colossians 2 deals with a specific heresy that seems to be a combination of Judaism and Gnosticism. Or, as I mentioned, First and Second John deal with docetism. And there are other passages, but I'm simply saying that a number of New Testament references make more sense. Well, and one of them is actually in 1 John, the very last verse. Maybe you've tripped over this before. Uh, John has been writing, uh, assuring the uh, readers that they can know that they're saved, and it's, it, it's not impossible. They can definitely do it. And then it looks like it's almost out of the blue, at least in chapter 5. In that final verse, dear children, keep yourself from idols. Now, idolatry is not mentioned in the rest of 1 John, at least not directly. Well, what is the idol? Well, as we'll see, the idol is a false god. It's a false Christ. John, again, is emphatic that Jesus Christ came in a physical body. Think of the words we read from the intro. We have heard him, okay? We have seen him with our eyes. We've touched him with our hands. And then later, we declare to you what we've seen and heard. So he's more than just an illusion or a vision because you could touch him. It, it's not just an apparition. It's a person uh, with a particular message, a person who spoke his life and his person were open to verification through the physical senses, sight, hearing, and touch. So again, the docetists were saying Christ did not come in a physical body, but as more some kind of disembodied spirit. John insists that he is a reliable eyewitness of Jesus Christ. And of course, we believe that. It really does matter whether Jesus existed, whether he physically came to earth as a man and preached and loved and, and resisted uh, temptation in the flesh, whether he died on the cross physically and rose bodily from the dead, that's a huge deal, as Paul explains at length in 1 Corinthians 15. John stresses here not the divinity of Jesus, but his humanity. That was what was being questioned. Well, was Jesus 50% human and 50% divine? No, not at all. He was totally human, 100% human and 100% divine. I use an illustration of a drink. Let's pick Gatorade, since I like Gatorade. Um, if you don't, don't know what it is, look it up. Okay, uh, Gatorade is totally wet, and at least the classic version, completely lime green. 
I mean, that's the color. It's lime green. All of it is lime green, and it's completely wet. At the same time, it's not like 50% of each. But with Jesus, there are two natures, yet neither excludes the other. Jesus is human and divine. Well, why does John mention fellowship? Did you catch that? He said, we're declaring to you what we've seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, just as we have fellowship with God. Why is he saying that? Well, the false teachers influenced by the Gnostics had left the fellowship. Either you're in it or you're out of it. You're out of it. The Gnostic Christians or Gnosticized Christians had gone out. And we'll see that in chapter 2, verse 19. So they, they had their own rival church, but it was not in fellowship with real disciples. They didn't really have much in common. A modern-day phenomenon is sweeping away many people who are tired of traditional religion. And that modern-day phenomenon is the New Age movement, which has been going quite strong, especially since the 1960s, though you can, I mean, you can trace it back easily to the 19th century. But this is a fusion of Eastern mysticism and Western concepts mixed in astrology, pantheism, meditation, the occult, and I think a lot of snob appeal. Again, because it's a modern form of Gnosticism, enlightenment is sought within, not without, not at the foot of the cross of Christ. We look in, into our own hearts. And that's a central teaching and a central flaw of this and, well, other Eastern quasi-religious movements. Sin is downplayed. What is emphasized? The language of love, unity, freedom, tolerance. And that masks the true heart of the movement, a movement throbbing with rebellion and individualism. This message is promoted in lots of films, uh, a lot of the arts, a lot of best-selling books like The Celestine Prophecy, The Care of the Soul, The New Earth, The Power of Now, Four Agreements, A Course in Miracles. And again, this movement takes strong exception to the doctrines of sin, judgment, righteousness, hell, and many other things that are clearly set out in the Bible. So it's not just a little misunderstanding, it's a wholesale rejection of Jesus' teaching and the apostolic teaching, and the apostles who faithfully, um, and as John 16 guaranteed them, uh, remembered, uh, and John 14, they remembered what Jesus taught and, and what would come, and they are linked to Jesus. They gave us the New Testament. Well, a lot to think about here, but this is the introduction to First and Second John. I hope we'll never read verses out of context without realizing the setting and the purpose of the author. And as we'll see clearly in First and Second John, uh, there's a battle going on for the soul of the church, particularly in Asia Minor. Lord, we want to thank you for the chance to uh, move past the gospel today, to start to get into the letters. We pray that this will be eye-opening and helpful, and we'll, we'll not just um, relegate history to the past, but we'll see the connections, the relevance today. Uh, Give us the energy that we need today. Give us physical energy, emotional energy, uh, spiritual focus. If we're at work, help us to be the best workers, uh, not to defraud our employers in any way. If we're, stu if we're students, help us to be focused and to honor you with our minds and give you our very best, even if, even if we're not being watched by our professors. <laughs> Lord, if we have a day off or we're somewhere else. Help us to be aware of you. And, and we know that it's good to have a little bit of pressure and help us to push ourselves wherever we are. 
uh, so that we can give you all of heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, We pray it in the Son of God. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas' teaching on a tour through John. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas' website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.